broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Welcome back. 920 AM on a Wednesday, and uh, what a head-spinning Wednesday uh, it's been, uh, I might add, and it continues on. Uh, we'll be having some news here in just a little bit um, on some uh, on some additional moves uh, by, by the Raiders. Um, but uh, you're in the huddle. Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We want your calls, obviously, and I know that Raider Nation was on edge yesterday. I tried to tell you guys, chill out. It's going to be fine. It's March 17th, or yesterday was March 16th. There's a lot of time, uh, a lot of, uh, a, a, a lot of um, you know, uh, fires going on that the Raiders are involved in, uh, in a good way, uh, trying to uh, improve this roster. I think today showed um, that <clears throat> the freaking out of yesterday was uh, probably a little bit premature. So uh, a lot to get to, uh, obviously, and there will be some news coming uh, fairly soon here uh, in, in a little bit, but... You know, to recap, uh, the Raiders signed today uh, or, or agreed to terms today uh, with John Brown, the wide receiver from the Buffalo Bills, uh, at $3 million, um, a player that is as good, absolutely, if not better. I mean, statistically, he's been better than Nelson Aguilar. So the Raiders are able to get Nelson's uh, replacement at maybe even a higher level uh, at about $8 million less than what Nelson's getting in uh, New England. Happy for Nelson Aguilar. Absolutely love it when these guys get paid. Uh, but if you're the Raiders, being able to replicate that performance and that production for a fraction of the cost is always uh, a good thing. The Raiders have signed Solomon Thomas, uh, the former third pick overall. I think it was a 2017 draft. Uh, he'll come in uh, to compete at defensive tackle for some playing time. Probably not as a starter, but somebody that, you know, if he's still... Uh, got a little bit of upside at 25 years old, something that you can you know play in that rotation. Uh, they brought back veteran Jonathan Hankins, uh, a dependable piece uh, who has uh, you know never complains, just kind of goes about his job. Uh, so so Jonathan Hankins is back. Nicholas Morrow, uh, we reported that yesterday. He's he's back uh, on a one year deal at linebacker. Um, so that defense is starting to get uh, a little bit set. You know, uh, obviously bringing in Yannick Ngagwe. Uh, there w- will be some other defensive additions, I can assure you. Uh, but then going over to the offensive side of the ball, uh, yesterday it looked like the Raiders were going to go play a season with Colton Brown or Colton Miller at, as their left tackle, and that was it. That was what everybody was worried about. And I was like, hey, just chill out. It's, it's, it's going to all work out. Um, well, uh, as we sit here today, Richie Incognito is back. Uh, he will bring some, I think, I think the Raiders missed the nasty element that he brings, especially to that run game. Um, and I think that uh, Josh Jacobs probably is smiling from here uh, to, to Alabama, um, just satisfied that, you know, Big Richie Incognito is going to be back at right, ta- or excuse me, left guard uh, blocking for him. Uh, you've got Rodney Hudson got gets traded. He wasn't going to get cut. The Raiders weren't going to just release him um, for no compensation. Yes, uh, there was, I, I wouldn't say a falling out. I think Rodney Hudson... Uh, was a little bit upset, um, you know, being here seven years and not winning, uh, and just the 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 the, uh, the drain of of that. Um, and he he wanted to go someplace where he 
felt, I guess, that that he had a better chance to win. Um, and it, word leaked that he was going to get released yesterday. I was suspicious of that uh, from the get-go in terms of just being outright released. He's just too good uh, to get released. And sure enough, they were able to work a deal today um, and kind of salvage the situation, getting a third-round pick this year. Um, for a 32-year-old center who it was pretty common knowledge as of yesterday that, that he wanted out, age uh that position uh that contract that he still has uh and 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 the whole world knowing uh that that he would have preferred uh to move on to get a third round pick uh, for rodney hudson is a pretty good deal the raiders also re-signed denzel good the valuable offensive lineman uh, who filled in great for um, whether it was Trent Brown at right tackle or Richie Incognito at left guard, where he settled in um, and, and, and really played the bulk of the season. Denzel, good. Okay. Uh, so now you have potentially either your two guards with um, uh, Denzel, good, and Richie Incognito, or uh, if the Raiders aren't able to address uh, right tackle uh, satisfactorily, um, then... You know, maybe maybe Denzel plays right tackle because he did that last year and he did it at a pretty high level. So you have some options there. You saw John Simpson, uh, the rookie from uh, Alabama, or excuse me, uh, from, from Clemson, who's knocking on the door. Uh, so now all of a sudden, that offensive line, along with Andre James, who the Raiders are really really high on, the young center from from UCLA. Um, you know, all of a sudden that offensive line in the course of 24 hours. Oh my gosh. What do you know? Uh, the offensive line is is much more settled. Uh, there's a much clearer picture uh, today than there was yesterday. And oh, by the way, Gabe Jackson is still on the roster. Last I checked, uh, anyway. Um, and and so there's options there. You know, maybe Gabe Jackson. And this is what I've been, you know, kind of preaching for a little while. The Raiders never made the Gabe Jackson release official. All right. I, I know they probably. It sounds like they came to him about it restructuring his deal, um, you know, just reading through the tea leaves uh, uh, at where we are right now. He probably said, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, if you're going to do that, I'd rather be released. And they said, well, um, we'll see. And uh, somehow, some way, that became he was getting released. Uh, that's what the reports were. Um, you know, just to remind everybody, this time of year, a lot of information is coming from agents and nothing against agents. They're doing their job. Uh, it is a tough job and they're trying to do the best for their clients. I respect the heck out of what they do. But sometimes when you see some of these reports on Twitter, it's you have to keep in mind, it's coming from the agent 99.9% .9 of the time this time of year. So it's a one-sided representation of what the situation might be. Okay, So him getting released or his agent telling uh, a reporter from ESPN uh, that, that you know the, the, the Raiders are going to re release him was always kind of the... That's yeah. We'll do it if we can't find a trade partner, or if you're not willing to uh, to you know restructure your deal. So we'll see with Gabe Jackson, and he might now look, uh, you know, as we sit here on Wednesday, March seventeenth, and looking at uh, the market that's out there for him, and looking at the money that you know has dried up pretty quickly, predictably, uh, and the money that just isn't there right now as it normally is. He might be looking at the situation and say, hey, maybe my best bet is to uh, is to come back. Um, and, uh, and and give it one more shot, rather even on a reconstructed deal on uh, at a lower price point, um, and and uh, you know uh, get back out on the open market next year. We'll see. We don't know what's going to happen with with Gabe or Marcus Mariota. 
They're both still on the Raiders roster, and there's always the opportunity now to either keep them at a different price point, trade them, uh, or release them. We will see uh, what uh, uh, how it all works out. But we're immediately going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. I know everybody wants to talk about what's going on. Frank from the Inland Empire wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, man? Hey, Frank, how you doing? Doesn't look like Frank uh, is is with us, so we will go to Raider nine one four. How you doing, Raider nine one four? Can you hear me? Is this Raider nine one four? Yes, sir. Vinny Bond, can you hear me? I got you, brother. How you doing, man? Good, good. Um, gonna miss Rodney. Glad we got a third for him. That's pretty good. That's real huge. Uh, what did you hear? Any Have you heard anything about Anthony Harris? And what do you think about Solomon Thomas? We released a ton of money in the last week. Uh, we need to start signing some hammers for the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to hang up and uh, listen up. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. Um, you know, uh Yannick Ngagwe has thus far been the big, uh, obviously, free agent signee. And um, he does a lot for that defensive line because he, now he lengthens that defensive line. You know, he comes in and starts, um, and, and Max Crosby, you could utilize him in, in, in different ways that better suits his skill set. Um, Vinny, Vinny, I've got news. What's that? Lincoln is here. The man that think the Raider Nation thinks can fix all the offensive line problems is here to talk to, here to, talk and to everybody straight. Lincoln. Okay. Lincoln Kennedy, my good friend, how are hey. you? First of all, thanks, thanks for uh, spending some time with us. Uh, we tr- we traded some texts yesterday. Yeah, um, you know, and and you know, obviously Raider Nation was overreacting, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, as they as 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 fans rightfully so, can, you know, do, yes. and we all understand that. Yeah, but I, you know, there was a plan, and uh, and and you know, it's still a work in progress. Uh, Gabe Jackson is still on the roster. Uh, Richie right. Incognito is back. Denzel Good is back. Right. Um, the Raiders like Andre James. So, you know, there's there's options all the way through, even at right tackle, uh, if they're not able to uh, to address the right tackle uh, situation. But from your perspective, uh, what went down yesterday? Um, any light that you could shed on on, on what, what what happened, um, with, especially with Rodney Hudson, yeah. and where you think this is headed moving forward? Well, well, first of all, it's good to be back with you, buddy. I, I needed I needed a little bit of break away, and um, as you know, because you, you you work very hard to do what you do, and you know how covering this team can be <laughs> can be uh, cumber, <laughs> cumbersome sometimes. But yeah. you know, I, I, I definitely su- support everything that you and and guys like Paul Gutierrez and those guys, everybody does beat writers. It's hard. To to be um, to do this, and but it's also a necessary evil, as you know. Um, every year, there are hard decisions that have to be made um, when it comes to salary cap because it's a constant management, it's a constant juggle. Um, you can love the game, but you can hate the sport the, or the business side of it because this is what it comes down to. So, let me first and foremost say to Raider Nation out there: Look, I appreciate the support on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm not a reporter; I'm an analyst. So yes. I analyze what, what goes on and what happens. And so my first take from hearing about Rodney Hudson was that cap casualty. Just that simple. The NFL stands for not for long, cap casualty. Every year, management has to sit down and say who is somewhat expendable. And last year, I know that they restructured Hudson's contract 
Um, and I, there was no surprise to them coming this year and doing that because, look, when you get up there, and I was one of those guys, it's just what you do. I mean, you, you restructure, you try to make your, your, your contract cap friendly to handle it, but sometimes you take enough is enough, depending on the details. So I took it first as a cap casualty. And then I said to myself, okay, they're going to do what they can to keep Gabe Jackson. That's what the logical answer of it. It was, you know, you, you cut Rodney, you, you've already, you know, Trent Brown was a no-brainer. You had to let him go, and you got some value for him, even though it wasn't a whole lot, but you got something for him. Um, but Rodney Hudson, uh, you know, becomes a cap casualty. And now, so where we are right now, you see the trade that goes through to Arizona. They get something for him. As you mentioned, the guys that are still in the roster, um, what it shows me and the basis of where we are right now it shows me that they put a whole lot of faith in Tom Cable and his assessment of who the guys he has on the roster. And Cable's always spoke uh, highly of James. He just never got a chance, rightfully so. You've got a Pro Bowl center, why would you replace him? You know what I mean? It's uh, all pro center, mm-hmm. so why would you replace him? So now it's time for you know, possibly Andre James or someone else to step up. Um, they still got to work out Denzel Goods, the situation. And you know he's going to hold them over the, over the fires because he realizes that the team needs him. That's just that's negotiating. That's part of it. That's all part of it. So, um, and and then to devise a plan at right tackle, um, I'm sorry that I was sorry they couldn't get Zach Banner, but I'm happy Zach signed with uh, Pittsburgh again. Uh, but at right. the same point, you know, uh, they they've got some options that they they can go to, as you mentioned. So it's 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 a work in progress where Raider Nation has to put their trust in the coaching staff. And you look, you just have to see the way it pans out. You can't. You know, you can't sit there and say that, oh, it's not going to work because you got rid. Yeah, you got you, you had to let go a leader, you know, leader in the community, a great guy, a leader on the offensive line. But that's just what happens when you get up there in salary. You got to you got to manage. You got to juggle. Some people are expendable. Yeah, no question about it. And I think in, 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 in this case, um, it was kind of a mutual thing, uh, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. doing some detective work. That's what I heard, um, too. Yeah, I think that I think Rodney at this point in his career uh, maybe wanted to go someplace where, you know, the winning was more imminent, um, right. and so uh, you know, and that's the way that goes sometimes. I don't think it was any any misgivings with anybody or a personality conflict. I think at this stage of his career, um, he 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 wanted a little bit more. Um, you, you know, and, you I, know the one was, thing to just add on there because I was there too. You also have to think about when it comes to quality of life. And I'm not saying Las Vegas is a bad place, but let's put it into perspective. Because you don't have a lot of players or current players that live there, they might not want to raise their family there. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, when you come at this particular point in, in your career, there are things you're looking for. And I look, I remember it because I remember my wife when I was playing with uh, after leaving Atlanta. My wife was like, well, let's move back down south. And I said, no, I'm staying here in Oakland. And she was like, I don't like Oakland. You know what I mean? So it, it, right. it, it, there's some things that you have to worry about, especially when you get up here in your career. So, um, you know, that could also be there are, a lot of, you know, there are a lot of things that you can take away without actually being in on the conversation from what happened. The good thing is, in a way, is that the Raiders got the draft choice out of it. Um, and, and, and they were able to, you know, not necessarily lose any money because it was going to come up to, I guess, the, the, how they designated when they, when they were cutting him, where they, when they designated, um, how they were going to either get out of a, a big, you know, a big jolt. And how much money did they save? When he came down to his nine million, is that in right? cash nine million dollars yeah. and under the salary cap about one point five. So okay. it was it was it, it it this they 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 you know aside from losing the player a high right. quality player Certainly. obviously 
Um, there were no other ramifications or anything, um, you know, uh, related to, uh, they, they're helped with the cash. Yeah. Uh, and of course with the salary cap, um, it was, it's, you know, it was a very minimal, um, hit, you know, uh, yeah. effect at all, yeah. Yeah. but, it, but it was in a good way. And I, yeah. I want to bring something this up to you as well. Cause you mentioned Tom Cable mm-hmm. and you mentioned, you know, the, 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 the eyes and ears that are behind the scenes that. You know that are working with these guys constantly, and and you know because Andre James has some big shield, sh- shoes to fill right now. Certainly, the young center from UCLA. Um, and and I, I want to throw a story at you real quick. I, I, I okay. t- talked about this yesterday. You know when I covered the Rams, they had a guy by the name of Alec Ogletree, a middle linebacker mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. notoriously 90, 100 tackles for like three, four straight years. They had just signed him to a big contract, right? Right. And they decide what you just said, uh, money. Money always comes into play somehow, some way, That's when right. you're working under a salary cap. And the Rams decide they're going to trade. They're, they're, they want to look into trading you know, Alec Ogletree. So uh, they, they, Sean McVay calls Joe Barry, their defensive, uh, their linebacker coach, says, hey, we're, we're thinking about trading Alec Ogletree. Are we good? If we do, do we have somebody on the roster you know, that's going to be able to fill those shoes? And Joe Barry told me the story. He's like, I, I told Sean – there's a guy by the name of Corey Littleton. He's going to be fine. Don't even hesitate one second in making the trade. I hate to lose Alec Ogletree, but we're going to be good here. We have a guy that's going to be able to fill in uh, adequately. So circle back to you know when you, you freak out over losing a guy like Rodney Hudson, and, and rightfully so. He's a good player. Right. But you've been in these situations where you're seeing a young guy come along, yeah. and, you're, and maybe even you're saying to yourself, man, that – it ain't going to be too long before he's ready to rock and roll, before right. he's ready to go. Uh, could we be seeing that with Andre James? Yes. Look, you never know what – I've always felt you never know how good you are until you play against someone. And I've, t- I've, I've talked with Coach Cable about Andre James and some of the guys that he's had on the roster. And, they're like, he spoke highly of him. Hey, the guy's going to be good. He just needs to get out there. There's a right. time where you got to get some experience. Now, Andre, has, I think he's only started one game, right? If I'm yeah, uh, yes. Okay, uh, so apparent, I wasn't here, but it looks by the sounds of things, he played pretty well. Okay, so you know, here's here's the thing. You know, it, it it seemed to me that they were going to do their best to keep Jackson when and then when at first it looked like they were going to have to let him go. So you had to make some of those hard decisions. So now you have to work around him. You know, there's an obvious hole at right tackle, but you do have some ways in probably addressing it. There are plenty of offensive linemen that are available on the free agency world, and it's good to be aggressive when it comes to offensive line early rather than late. Um, and that, that's that hell is true for a lot of positions. But having the cap space and the ability to do it is is one thing, and that's another. And being able to pull the trigger is another. So when it comes to Andre James, look, you're you're letting go a damn good player. A guy who's been good in the locker room and in the community, but you're also trying to trying to pad yourself for the future because there's going to come a time in a very quick p- process, and you know this, Vinny, where all those guys, all those first rounds of high draft choices that the Raiders have picked over the last couple of years are going to be coming up for contracts. Oh, by the way, Colton Miller. <laughs> you just exactly. go ahead and name him because that's who saying? it is. You know what I mean? So, and and look, look, you already see what the left tackles are getting around the league. Colton Miller is going to be in the thick of things. He's going to be right there. So you've got to address these. You've got to make some of those hard decisions. So that's when you go to the offensive line coach and you say, who's expendable? What can we do? You know, Denzel Good played well enough to say that we can keep him as a starter. If we sign him as a starter, keep him as a starter, we'll need to create backup. Hey, let's negotiate something with Incognito. Let's negotiate, you know, those types of things. You go down the line uh, because you want to have the standard. But at the same point, you know what you got in Richie. You also know that he's older, and you also know he's coming off an Achilles injury. So there's a little bit of a question mark there, just how, how durable he can be. But you can have him as a backup. 
And you also well, have Simpson. You have people that you're other developing. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And let's just assume for a second because I think this is – if he's healthy, I think Richie's the starter. Yeah. Um, and and uh, if you could talk about – because I thought that, that nastiness that he brings, that nasty edge that Richie Incognito – You've got to have one. There's got to yeah. be one on the offensive line that's that that will – that will get everyone in uh, in in the, in the position to, to take someone's head off. Look, guys that I played with did it. Like uh, Steve Wisniewski was one of those guys. Great guy off the field, but when he was on the field, he was tenacious. He was he was like a pit bull. He would stick to you. And then you had guys. I had you know guys aggressive like uh, Mo Collins and Frank Middleton. Those guys would go after us. A lot of times, it's the guards. It's more so the guards and the tackles. The tackles have to be have a little bit more of a patient demeanor. Can't be overly aggressive, though. I've seen people um, in the past that, that that have been aggressive and been successful. It's for the most part, it's usually the guards. But you got to have one of those every single time. Yeah, and and um, I, I felt like that was missing uh, uh, last year. And you know, um, I, I thought Josh Jacobs, you know, uh, had had a, had a good year last year. Obviously, he made a pro Pro Bowl. But I think there was – the running game to me never quite clicked consistently, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, there was flux on the offensive line. Yes. Um, there were, mm-hmm. we, we all remember the week where they couldn't practice yep. uh, because of COVID-19. But I also think not having Incognito out there might have, might have, might have – you know, hurt that running game a little oh, bit yeah. just because of what he brings to the table. Yeah, yeah. That well, that's and that could be something true. You know, because there were so many inconsistencies on the offensive line, you were shuffling tackles, shuffling, uh, you know, guys in and out due to injuries and inconsistencies. Yeah, that's going to happen. The, the run game is often based on, uh, you know, camaraderie as well as the ability to to understand one another, non vocal communication, to understand what you know another guy is going to do a scoop block or how they're going to do a, a double team block or you know those types of things. You got to be able to practice with those guys and because covid last year you couldn't practice really it's hard to it's hard to build that up it's hard to get that what is the biggest challenge uh that andre james is going to face uh if if it goes according to plan and he is the starting center i know he's been there a few years so that helps uh in terms of the relationships with other guys um but what's what's the biggest challenge face facing a young center starting for the first time winning his guys over look who you're replacing yeah you see what I'm saying? So, you, you know, you got to look who, who you're replacing, and it's winning your guys over and showing that you can do it. Well, we will see, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that offensive line uh, all, all shapes up. Any thoughts on um, everything else that, that, that's happened? Um, they obviously brought in John Brown, um, uh, who's yeah. replacing Nelson Aguilar, essentially. Right. Uh, they just signed um, Quinton Jefferson. They've brought in Solomon Thomas. Uh, they re-signed Jonathan Hankins. They re-signed Nicholas Morrow. Um, so you know they're 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 definitely taking care of of, of business. Um, your thoughts so far on? Uh, well, you know, I, I was a little disheartened that they lost Nelson Aguilar because the the things that came out towards the end of the season and 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 just got out in the public. You know, you kind of have to make aware the, the fans were aware of that maybe the possibility that that Gruden and his staff had lost a little bit of the locker room. So you hate to see a good player who really contributed. Um, go, um, but at the same point, you know you're 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 making moves. You're you're trying to replace. This is going. This is a big year for the Raiders. It really yep. is. It's a big year for the Raiders, and it's and they need to take the next step. So everyone is going to be under a big microscope. Um, I, I'm not really surprised by the moves, but I think you know we got to see how how it comes out, how they play. Where um, where do you think they should go next? 
Well, again, it's you know, like we talked at the end of the year, I'm waiting to see what they do in the draft. They've got to they've got to get a disruptor. They've got to get somebody on defense that can that can really that can really hone in and 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 take this team to the next level. Because let's face it, with this cover three defense. They're going to put a lot of illness on the rush, the four-man rush. And you talked about it. Ndokwe getting coming here. I still think that uh, you know Cleveland Farrell is going to move inside. I mean, there are a lot of moves that I think that's going to happen, but they've got to make they go out and do it. It's going to be tough. Yep, we will. Uh, Lincoln, always yep. a pleasure. Can't wait to talk to you again. Come visit soon, please. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm asking you nicely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, and, and congratulations to Zach on uh, on re-signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to see we go to Pittsburgh this year. Yes, so I know, and I've already talked stuff to, to talk smack to Zach, so I, yeah, I've already done it, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Very good. Thanks, uh, Lincoln, thanks. Have a great day. Uh, we'll talk you to you real soon. All right, brother. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. You got it. That was Lincoln Kennedy. You're in the huddle. Brady Bonsignor with Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila and Bahar. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Raider great Lincoln Kennedy. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a crazy, crazy, crazy Wednesday. You know, I thought that the... uh, legal tampering period between Monday and Tuesday uh, was nuts. Um, and it was. No question about it. And it always is. Uh, but today um, it, it, it was even more crazier. Uh, which we love it. And we like that. That's why we do what we do. It's why I write cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review Journal and do this radio show. Because we can't get enough of it even when our head is spinning. And I know uh, that my next guest uh, like me, his head's probably spinning, uh, but he'll take it. I know he loves it too. Uh, we're bringing on uh, our good friend Mike Clay uh, at Mike Clay NFL. Uh, he's an ESPN NFL uh, prognosticator. Uh, he also does a tremendous job. And uh, before we go any further, Mike, first, thank you for uh, sharing some time with us uh, in the huddle. But thank you for your cheat sheet. Uh, I got to say that it's uh, one of the godsends uh, in all of Twitter because uh, it's just so. Nice to be able to have that reference point um, and and keep track of all these free agents. So I appreciate that from me to you. Thank you so much uh, for making my <laughs> life just a little bit easier. How are you doing, my man? I'm uh, I'm I'm good, and uh, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, I don't get paid extra for doing that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of just part of my my uh, routine. You know, nerding out, following free agency, and you know, for years I kind of just kept track of that stuff on my own because. Um, you know, for those listening, if you play fantasy on ESPN, I do the projections, and it's not just the four, you know, key fantasy positions. It's kickers, it's punters, it's defense, it's defensive players, it's everything. So um, I keep track of every player in the NFL uh, internally, and I figured, you know what, I'm going to organize this thing. I think people would appreciate it, throw some uh, unit grades on there as well, and, and just kind of keep everything updated throughout free agency. So. Um, it's a lot of work, as you mentioned, but uh, it's a lot of fun, and I like following the the player movement across the league. Uh, as do I, and and sincerely thank you. Uh, but Mike, as I'm looking at it right now, and I literally have it uh, on my uh, computer screen right now, um, there's some pretty good names uh, that are still left on this on on this big board that you put together, uh, and I know it constantly changes, but there's some pretty good names. Uh, am I right or wrong? You are absolutely right. There are definitely. Uh, some positions, some players that are falling, and you're also seeing some guys get cut loose right now, right? So they're yep. kind of getting at to the list. Um, you know, wide receiver, everybody's talking about the fact that there's so much wide receiver talent still out there. I think, you know, Kenny Galladay's been the name that's been talked about a lot today. Apparently is an offer from Cincinnati and uh, is visiting with the Giants, but 
you know, that's just one name on, on the wide receiver sheet. We have Will Fuller. We have Juju Smith-Schuster. We have Curtis Samuel, Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton. You know, there's a lot of uh, top names there. The running backs really haven't been soaked up yet. Um, there's a lot of names there. I think there's a ton of talent at defensive tackle still available. We have some top edge rushers like Clowney, Ingram, uh, Dunlap, you know, uh, some linebackers, corners. You know, every position has at least one star player uh, still available. Aside of, of course, um, I'd say quarterback and, and tight end, right? Of course, there's no quarterbacks left, really, that you want to start. Um, and the tight ends were kind of soaked up as well. Maybe Kyle Rudolph. Um, but, yeah, still plenty of talent still out there. Yeah, and a couple of guys in particular that are now off the board, thank you to the Raiders, um, uh, that, that I think Raider fans would be really interested to get uh, your, your thoughts on. Uh, uh, in that uh, interior defensive line population, uh, Solomon Thomas, uh, and Quinton Jefferson, two players that the Raiders just signed uh, today. Um, I know that they're not the sexiest names out there uh, at this point, um, but there's value there. And you know, uh, and if you're trying to create depth and competition, uh, it's not a bad idea to kind of go down that path and bring in guys uh, that that have shown at some level that they can still play. In particular, Quinton Jefferson. Uh, what can Raider fans expect from uh, from the former Seattle Seahawks and Buffalo Bill defensive lineman? Yeah, and I was actually just updating the Raiders here, their move, so uh, perfect timing. Uh, yeah, Jefferson, <laughs> so, look, he played he played about as many snaps as, as Jonathan Hankins did last season for the Raiders to give you an idea of his usage uh, in Buffalo. Uh, you know, he used to be with Seattle. He's just a solid interior, you know, reliable defensive tackle. He's going to play, play inside probably next to Hankins or, you know, some sort of rotation. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's a nice signing. It's just a nice solid, uh, pickup for the Raiders and a guy that could play a good, you know, we'll say 50 to 55% of the snaps. Um, and we'll see what else they do because remember they brought in David Irving and you mentioned Solomon Thomas who was in there as well. Uh, he's a guy that has some experience playing on the edge as well, but in when we last saw him, he was mostly on the inside for the 49ers. So a high pedigree player, a guy that if you remember back to that, uh, 2017 draft, he was supposed to be a slam dunk, right? He was considered to be one of the safer players in the draft and hasn't really worked out. He never really lives up to that potential with the 49ers, and it really goes to show that, uh, you know, nobody's a safe prospect. You know, even the guy, a guy that seems like he has a super high floor can fail to pan out, um, but he's still young, obviously, 25. You know, he was, he missed a lot of time last season with, uh, the ACL, only played a, hand, a handful of snaps. So, um, a high pedigree addition. We know Mike Mayock has loved those high pedigree, you know, first, uh, former first round picks. He loves to bring those guys in. Um, but you, you do have to like overall what the Raiders have done uh, on the defensive line. There's just so much talent there uh, within Dockway, of course, on the edge as well. So I'm, I'm really excited to see at least those moves along the, uh, along the line. No question about it. We're talking to Mike Clay. You can follow him at Mike Clay NFL. Uh, he works for ESPN and does a tremendous job and is really helpful uh, this time of year uh, with his uh, free agency uh, big board. My eyes are going right over to safety, and I know that the Raiders have a huge hole uh, at free safety right now. Uh, I was bullish on uh, on, on John Johnson, uh, the, the Rams' safety. haven't covered him uh, like I did in Los Angeles. Uh, obviously, uh, the Cleveland Browns, Took him off the board, happy for him to get paid. Uh, but Anthony Harris is still sitting there. And you had him ranked um, ahead of John Johnson. And I think for um, the Raiders' purposes, uh, with Gus Bradley, he might actually even be maybe even a better fit uh, in, in, in this scheme. Why is he still out there? Um, and would he be a fit for the Raiders? 
Well, I think he's still out there just because it's early. You know, free agency just started uh, a few hours ago officially. So um, it's, it's, there's always it's, there's always star players that it takes a little while for them to find a home. It's probably just looking for the right contract, and it's tricky right now, of course, with the salary cap being reduced. Uh, there's always the chance of a you know a shorter length contract, and maybe you don't get as much as you want this year, and have to wait for a, a longer and more uh, a pricier contract next off season, or maybe in the, in two years. Um, but Harris, I think, is in you know held to a high regard across the league. Certainly, one of the better safeties in the NFL, uh, and he would be a huge addition for the Raiders if they could bring him in. I mean, I you know, I don't think Abrams dead in the water, right? I mean, he obviously has struggled with injury so far, and his play was not was not great, obviously last season, especially in coverage. But um, again, another guy that's only 24 years old and perhaps can get it turned around. And Jeff Heath is kind of a solid presence there for them as well. So. Um, you know, I think you add one high-end safety, and you have options other than Harris, too. Kareem Jackson's fantastic. Deron Harmon yep. was solid. And Roy Keanu Neal, Lee Cooker, Trey Boston. I mean, there are a lot of names out there right now that could come in just because, look, it's, 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 almost a, it's, almost a, it's a weird thing to say, but it's almost a good position to be weaker at because uh, the league really hasn't valued the safety position super high the last couple of years. So there's going to be talent out there that you can bring in uh, at, a, at, a, at a good price, honestly. Uh, and give yourself some options at that position. So uh, it definitely, you know, I mentioned I like what they're doing up front. Definitely a lot of work to in, to do in the secondary. Obviously, you can throw a cornerback in there as well. But, again, they do have plenty of options to go out there and, and uh, shore up those positions. Yeah, without question. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting about that safety position. One day, you know, when we have a little bit more time, I'd love to have you come on because I think it's becoming one of the most important positions in football. And it's weird how – Money-wise, uh, in terms of the value, uh, it's not as valued as some other positions, but it's becoming such an important focal point of your defense to have guys that can come up and play the run, uh, defend the pass. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, uh, it's it's becoming more and more important, but that's a conversation for another day. I want to uh, talk to you about um, uh, a little firestorm that you started uh, last week uh, with Devin White, um, the linebacker from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the only reason, um, like, I, first of all, I'm, I'm right there with you. And uh, and the only reason that it, it really drew my attention is because, you know, I've been covering the Raiders for basically one year. And uh, all I kept hearing about was how um, uh, Clee Farrell, who was picked fourth overall, uh, was this bust of a pick. He's a terrible football player and blah, 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 blah. I saw Clee Farrell last year and I thought, this guy's not a bad football player whatsoever. In fact, he's pretty darn good, and I think he's, his arrow is pointing up uh, in, in that regard. But Raider Nation, for whatever reason, is fixated on him, probably because they invested a fourth pick overall in him. And the argument has always been they blew up. They should have drafted Devin White. And I would look at Devin White, and I would look at Clee, and I'm thinking, I don't think so. I think that they actually got it right. <laughs> I think that Clee Farrell is a better football player than Devin White. And, you know, getting called every name in the book. And then you came out with your uh, thread last week. Um, kind of illustrating some of the deficiencies in Devin White's game. And I'm not here to knock Devin White. I think that he still has a bright future uh, if he fixes some of the holes in his game. But more specifically, as it relates to Cleve Farrell, um, can you explain maybe you know uh, what some of those issues are with Devin White and also your thoughts on, on, on Cleve Farrell? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was kind of curious about the, you know, the public perception, certainly the Bucks perception um, of Devin White, because I started to hear some chatter uh, about how, 
you know, he is a superstar already. You know, he's one of the best linebackers. Some people say he's the best linebacker in the NFL, and I was <laughs> kind of thrown, you know, through a loop by that. I, I didn't really understand it because um, by pretty much all objective measures, that's not true. You know, I mean, even Bucks fans will admit that he struggles in coverage. You know, he's had some problems against the run if you look at uh, like a PFF grade, for example, and, and look at their stats and keeping track of missed tackles. You know, basically the plays you're not looking at usually. You know, you see the sacks, right? You know, he, he rushed the passer about 100 times last year uh, and had, I believe it was eight sacks, um, it was eight or nine sacks. Um, he had a historic sack rate, a sack rate that, you know, the best player in, you know, the NFL history doesn't have. You know, it's just like it was off the charts. It's not something that he's going to be able to sustain. He just got some breaks when uh, he was asked to rush the passer and got a, a huge sack number. That number is going to come down. Uh, next season because of the role that he plays and, and because of just some regression to the mean. So that's that's kind of it, right? So his sacks are a little inflated or maybe a lot inflated. You know, inconsistent against the run, we'll say. Struggles in coverage. Still very young. Could turn it around. He's only 23. Don't get me wrong. But to be talked about as better than Levante David, his teammate, or some of the other superstar linebackers in this league, I just was wondering why that perception existed. Um, and, and as you mentioned, it did start a little bit of a firestorm. People were not happy. Uh, about that question, so we'll see. I mean, it was just a you know a, a, an experiment. I want to see where how he progresses in the next few years, and, and we'll look back and see uh, what we got right and what we got wrong. Uh, as for um, you know the Raiders side of this, you know, yeah, I think uh, Klee has a bright future. I mean, he struggled as a rookie. That's not uncommon. You see, high pedigree first round picks struggle all the time in the NFL. Um, but I thought he made a big leap last season. I thought he was an impact player. You know, he had, uh, he was, I think, just inside the top 40 in terms of pass rush win, win rate, um, something that our ESPN team keeps track of and does a great job with. And that's interesting because he only lines up on the edge three quarters of the time. You know, a quarter of the time he's inside, and it's really yep. hard to get pressure on the quarterback inside. And they asked him to do that, and he did a really nice job. So he's a guy, again, uh, the numbers look good, they were better. Uh, if you like PFF grades, if that, you're into that, he had a really good PFF grade at 76 last year. So he made the leap. He's very young at 23 years old. I, I'm excited for him. I think uh, he has a chance to be better than White or you know, certainly a solid or very good player in the NFL. So, again, just another piece of that, that defensive line that the Raiders are putting together and, and a lot of promise. Just out of curiosity, um, as it relates to Max Crosby, um, What's your thoughts on, on, on Max Crosby? To me, I think there's there's holes in this game that he needs to get fixed in a hurry, um, especially against the run. And you know, the, there's 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 fans among Raider Nation that compare those two players, and I don't think they're the same player. At, you know, I, I don't th- I think that Clee Farrell is a very solid and on his way defensive end. I think that um, that Max Crosby might be actually better suited coming off the bench, kind of as a pass rush specialist, um, but because there's some deficiencies in his game. What are your thoughts on, on Max Crosby? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, um, and, and Farrell had a, actually had a better pass rush win rate last year. So something right. to think about. And you have uh, Crosby primarily playing outside. Actually, 98% of the time he's coming from the edge, which you know if you're watching the games, of course. But um, you're right. I mean, I think uh, Farrell has a chance to be a better maybe all-around producer, maybe the better player overall. And Crosby, I think he gets so much attention for a couple of reasons. And, you know, he was a fourth-round pick who made an impact right away in the sack department, and that's huge. I mean, if he, that, that, those are the – you know, people say, I watch every single Raiders game. I know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, but, you know, if you're a normal fan, you're just watching, you know, you're getting up and getting snacks or going to the bathroom. You're watching every play, but are you really watching every player? Right, every player? Right. Are you really focused on uh, Max Crosby on plays that he's not involved with? No, you're, you're focused on him when he gets two sacks, and, and you're like, you know, he just changed the game for us or won us the game because he got two sacks. But, you know, what about all the missed tackles and, you know, the, the struggles against the run that you just referred to? I mean, that stuff adds up as well. So um, I'm with you. I, I think that the higher pedigree player in this case, Farrell, was the better player last year. And going forward, he's the guy I would want. But at the same time, I think you're in a good situation with both of those guys. And, and Yannick on, on the edge, I mean, I think you have a, a good trio right there to build around. Yeah, there's no question about it. Mike, thank you so so much on a busy, busy day. Uh, I know the feeling. Thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Really appreciate it, and I can't wait to get you back on here uh, once all the dust settles so we can take a look at uh, what happened, not just with the Raiders, but across the league. I, I, thank you so much. Hey, anytime, guys. Take care. All right, you too. That's Mike Clay from ESPN. Does a really, really good job, and I think, uh, as he pointed out, you know, uh, the, the Raiders now, uh, they've rebuilt – uh, in a lot of ways, this defensive line, uh, they're adding some uh, veteran uh, leadership, some veteran production. They still have the youth in Max Crosby and uh, and, and Cleve Farrell. Yannick Ngagwe is going to strengthen uh, that unit. There's a lot of versatility. There's a lot of ways to use these players. And there's a lot of ways to keep these guys fresh. That's super, super important. You want your best players on the field operating at optimal energy level when it needs to happen, and that's at the end of games. Uh, and I think uh, the way John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock and, and give a big assist also uh, to Gus Bradley, they've they've uh, really zeroed in on that defensive line. And the names might not be the sexiest names in the world, but you don't have to be. Bring in good, productive, um, reliable players uh, and, and, and build a, a, a nice depth and a nice rotation. And I think that's what the Raiders are trying to do right now put him in the best position uh, to get after the passer and stop the run. You can't forget about stopping the run. You're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a very, very, very busy Wednesday. You're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Right back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Um, we have on the Joe is in Los Angeles. He wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Joe? Hey, Vinny. Thanks for taking my call. So I initially want to talk about Quinn Jefferson, which you kind of already, already addressed, but I just wanted to point out, if, if Raider Nation remembers in week four, he strips back Derek Carr. So this is a guy that can apply pressure. And so it just seems ironic that we're plucking all these ex-Buffalo uh, Bills. Um, but to pivot, um, I did want to ask any insight on Kyle Long. I, I think we want Kyle Long because of what he represents in Howie Long, right? And so I think all, a lot of us would hate to see him go to the Chiefs. But, you know, leaving the facilities yesterday without contract, is there any indication that maybe he's not up to snuff in terms of his uh, physical 
ability to play. And I don't know if you had any insight on that. And then the second thing is I still think we need a number one wide receiver. Uh, a couple things. Um, uh, you might want to sit down when I uh, tell you this, but Kyle Long is signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, oh. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I never got the sense that it was real serious with the Raiders. Um, and uh, not sure how the workout went yesterday. He was out on the field uh, in Henderson at 10 a.m. Um, but I think, you know, you have to look at the fine print uh, when it comes to Kyle Long. Uh, from 2016 through 2019, um, he played 10 games. That's 10 games in three seasons, all sorts of s- surgeries and injuries and you know, um, feel bad, uh, uh, obviously, for that. You don't want anyone to go through that. Um, so I'm wondering if there was a concern on the Raiders' part as far as, you know, uh, even though it wouldn't have been a whole lot of money, I think he signed for about $5 million uh, with the Chiefs, um, what it might look like uh, coming off all those injuries and whether they were going to be able to get him on the field consistently. you got to remember – uh, this Raiders offensive line um, went through a season in flux last year. There was, I think, eight plays of the entire season, and it was the first eight plays of the season where they literally had all five of their projected offensive linemen on the field at the same time. Eight plays. Um, Trent Brown played four, you know, five games. It was really four games and eight plays. You know, Richie Incognito played two games. Um, you know, Colton Miller missed some time. Uh, Gabe Jackson missed a little bit of time. So I think, you know, more than anything, if they're looking at adding offensive linemen, uh, they wanted somebody that represented more certainty. I, you're probably asking, well, then why bring back Richie Incognito? Um, you know, obviously he played two games last year. I think it just seems like, um, you know, at the money that they're paying Richie Incognito, which, uh, you know, he was scheduled to make 57 uh, but he's back on a on a much reduced rate, uh, almost half of that, uh, if half of that. And I think that there's good reports, uh, you know, on Richie on where he is physically right now, coming off that injury. Um, so they have a, a comfort level that he's going to be able to uh, to go out there, uh, you know, and play. I fully expect Richie to be the starter. Um, and you know, uh, and, and, and so, you know, there's that, uh, but unfortunately Kyle Long is now a Kansas city chief. As far as the number one wide receiver, you know, I think they feel like they have a complement of wide receivers that whether you want to call it the number one guy or the number two guy, whatever the case may be, I think that they feel collectively across the board, they have a wide receiver group that if Henry Ruggs take the, takes the necessary step forward and Brian Edwards takes the necessary step forward, along with newcomer John Brown, this can be a very deep, uh, very versatile, very productive um, you know, wide receiver group. I don't think – I look at Derek Carr kind of like as a, as a point guard. He's going to get the ball to the open man. He's going to get to the ball to the, to the guy that worked hard to get open and got himself open. Uh, number one wide receiver, number three wide receiver, whatever your case you want to be, um, it, it could change on play-to-play, game-to-game. Uh, series to series, uh, it, I, I would I would lose all that number one wide receiver talk and everything. I think they're going to throw uh, waves uh, at people. And I go back to my uh, days covering the Rams. We're going to get back right back to the uh, to the listener line here in a second. I go back to covering the Rams. Who was the number one receiver between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup? You know, and, and Brandon Cooks or Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, and and now they, they they're moving on uh, a little bit from some of those guys. Um, they've they've it's 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 collectively. You know, from any, I used to get calls from people. Who should I, you know, start uh, on my fantasy team? You know, is it going to be Robert Wood? 
Woods, Cup, you know, Brandon Cooks. I was like, hey, it, that, I don't know. But all I know is one to every week, all three of them are getting their touches. Every week, all three of them are getting fed. And every week, one of them comes up with 11 catches for 167 yards. Uh, it, it didn't matter who the number one guy was. They were getting the ball. They were all getting fed. And that's tough on a defense uh, to deal with when you have three quality players. Now, Henry Ruggs needs to take that step forward. So does Brian Edwards. Uh, but we have, uh, you know, um, the, the Raiders, uh, and we're going to get to the calls um, uh, after we get out uh, out of the break because uh, we're up against it. The Raiders have uh, what they feel is a young, emerging wide receiver group. Guys need to get better, obviously. Um, guys need to take steps forwards, no question about it. But I do know this. Henry Ruggs is hard at work, so I suspect. So is Brian Edwards. But those guys are, are, are putting in the time to come back. Uh, better players in their second years and they're young players but if they're on the right track which I think that they have um, uh, which I think that they that they are uh, this could be a very deep versatile productive wide receiver group it doesn't matter if you have a wide receiver one wide receiver two just throw them like a wave uh, at opposing defenses you're in the huddle mini monster brought to you by tequila and Bajador guys stay online uh, if you're if you're holding, we're going to get to you, and uh, we're also going to talk about where the Raiders go next uh, in free agency. Is a secondary uh, addition coming anytime soon? Stay tuned. 